One time I was doing an open mic uh, at this black room in South Central Los Angeles. It's called May- Maverick Flats. It, it was a tap out open mic. And it was kind of like on, it, it was almost on some like Apollo type shit. Yeah. So if you went and you went on stage at any point, once the crowd didn't think you were funny, they would start tapping the table. Yeah. And yeah. that was your cue to get out. And I went one Tuesday and I was like maybe three months into stand up. I went up there. And this this young dude, like young black dude from the back, goes, "Look at this La Bamba ass motherfucker!" <laughs> and then the whole crowd erupted in laughter, yeah. and they all started like yelling La Bamba. And I remember, just I just kept saying, telling them, "All right, all right, yeah, that was funny, but let let, yeah. let me say something." And then the I remember the host came up and he was like, "My man, it's over." <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the Underground Comedy Podcast with Sean Joyce. For more information about our live shows, check out undergroundcomedydc.com. Hey, what's up? Thanks for checking us out. This weekend, we've got DC's Best Showcase at Big Hunt and Alex Edelman at DC Draft House. You can get tickets and info on the website. Our guest today is Chris Estrada. Chris is a very funny comic from Los Angeles who has appeared on Comedy Central. In this episode, he talks about what it was like starting out in South Central LA, learning how to be a better comic by performing in front of hostile crowds, and getting on Comedy Central's new comic showcase after auditioning for four years. From Los Angeles, born and raised in LA, uh, grew up in Inglewood and South Central, kind of uh-huh. the South LA area. Yeah. How and was that? You were talking about a little bit last night. Is that a rough neighborhood? Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty rough neighborhood. I mean, kind of you know gang capital type shit. Uh-huh, like when uh-huh. I was growing up, it was real like uh, had a lot of Latino gangs, yeah. had a lot of black gangs, uh-huh. especially the part I grew up in had a lot of like racial tension. So yeah. sometimes like the black and Latino gangs wouldn't get along. Right. So if they're not getting along, that means even if you're not a gang member on either side, you could be a target. Yeah. And kind of stuff, you know, but I, I, I think I think it's calmed down like what Chicago is now, like the South side uh-huh. of Chicago, how bad that is yeah. now. I think it's what LA used to be like. Yeah, maybe. you don't hear it as uh, you don't hear about it as much. Yeah, from LA. From LA, not as much. It's it it's still there. Right. I mean, it's always gonna be a presence there. Yeah. But it's just not as crazy as it were used. Were you to aware be. of it when you were very young? Yeah, I mean, I was pretty aware of it. I remember there's just a, like I had cousins who were gang members. Wow. And then like you know, I kind of grew up. There was like shootings in my neighborhood, so I, I was pretty aware of it. Uh-huh. Like especially because the movie Colors had come out. Like. Okay. I don't know if you ever saw the movie uh, Colors. No, it's like an old movie starring like a, uh, Robert Duvall and Sean Penn. Oh, okay. They play LAPD cops in the gang unit. Okay. And these fools just go around busting gang members. All and right. It's like it, it's it's a like cop drama, but it's like if you watch it now, it's so inherent, it's so dated, and it's like funny. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. all the gang members are like pop lockers. They're all like broke. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. But uh, it's kind of you, embarrassing. But because of that movie. I would just re- knowing that movie and then kind of just knowing that about gangs in my neighborhood, like people would be like, oh, be careful. That's the that's the Mexican gang or be careful that those are like bloods. Those are crips. Yeah. Or whatever, you when know? you were when you were in high school, what, what were you thinking about what you wanted to do? Man, you know what's so funny? I fucking was telling someone that when I was in high school, I I didn't know what I, wa- I wanted to do something creative. I wanted to write. But I didn't know what I wanted to write. Mm-hmm. And I swear I was such a lame that I saw Dawson's Creek. And remember that? <laughs> remember that dude, James Vanderdeek? Yeah, yeah. That fool wanted to be a director. 
in on the show. On the show, I and never he, saw the show. My yeah. sister used to have parties with her friends would come over and watch yeah. it. Yeah. I remember it was on like some CW WB type shit yeah. or whatever, and I used to watch it. And I would watch it, and I go, "Oh, that guy likes movies. Oh, sure, I guess I want to direct movies." And I, yeah, but I never like really did anything towards it. Okay, you know. And I was like, "Yeah, that's what I want to do." Until like later, I was like, "Realistically, I'm not gonna do." Yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> did you go to college? Yeah, I went to college, We're, but I ended up dropping out. I um. I went to this college in L.A. called Cal State Northridge. Uh-huh. I was there for a while. And then I was just like, I fucking hated it so mm-hmm. much because I was like, I lived on campus. And the idea of like, I, I could, the idea of like looking out my window and seeing a building where I have a class in. Yeah. Like, I just thought I, I've, I'm living school 24-7. Oh, really? Yeah. It felt that way to me. It felt like I couldn't escape it. Yeah, is yeah. that not a is that campus like not a pleasant campus? It's okay campus. It's Just, not like you know yeah. it's it that that com- that college is a real commuter college. Yeah, so it's not like it's like a crazy yeah, fun campus nice. to be a part yeah. of. You know, it's like it's a cool campus. There's like a few parties here and there, and I had friends. Right. But like, I just felt overwhelmed that yeah. I could that I lived. I went to school every day, and I lived at school. What was your major? Uh, what was my major? I was gonna major in uh creative writing but oh. i ended up dropping out how how quickly did you drop out oh dude a year and a half in okay like, that's almost halfway through yeah, almost halfway through by my sophomore year i was just like i can't stand this shit i'm gonna drop out and, and what then, did you what were you thinking that you wanted to do when you dropped out oh dude i was so aimless i just started yeah. working construction oh okay you yeah. just got a job yeah i just got a job like office space yeah yeah just like that i was working <laughs> construction i was i was working for a demolition company like just kind of like because sometimes before you before they uh, before they bring down a building yeah you have to like strip it of everything yeah right yeah you know yeah. so it doesn't because if not there's like fire hazards so yeah. we have to like strip it of its wiring yeah of yeah its piping you and save some of that stuff yeah, too yeah. yeah we have to do that kind of shit and oh it was so awful dude i i used to hate that job but i just did that i was just so aimless how long did you do that, that. must have done I, did, I think i did that for like two years okay not too I long up other other jobs mm-hmm. like other construction related jobs uh-huh. And then finally, I was just like, you know what? I got to stop bullshitting. I really like comedy, but I still didn't do stand up. I started writing. Uh, I wanted to be a TV writer. OK. And then I bought a book on how to write like television scripts. Uh-huh. And then I just start. And then I went back to school, but like to a community college. Uh-huh. And then I was working. I was going to that community college, taking like screenwriting courses. Cool. And this teacher, this professor was like, oh, do you want a job? And I was like, do you want a job? My I know a writer that's looking for an assistant. And I said, yeah, yeah, I'll take it. But it wasn't a comedy writer. It was the funniest thing. The, this dude, uh, sweetest guy in the world, but the, like the farthest thing from a comedy writer. He was a movie. He was a movie writer. He was a screenwriter. And he's uh, he wrote all those dance movies like uh, Step Up. Oh, yeah, yeah. He yeah. created Step Up yeah. and he created uh, like Save the Last Dance and shit like that. Uh-huh. So I was just working as his assistant and like kind of personal assistant yeah just like running errands and working at his office and stuff like that and um after a while i was like i was like teaching myself how to write and then i was were you going on set and stuff yeah yeah i i ended up working on his he he directed a dance movie in toronto okay and then i went to toronto for six months and i lived out there and then i it was pretty dope it was like a real cool experience and then when I came back, I said, I got to stop fucking around because his company had like um, his company. He had kind of him and his partner had dissolved the company. Mm-hmm. So I was like, damn, I don't have a job anymore. And then I said, I got to st- I'm bullshitting myself like 
I need to do stand up because that's really what I wanted to do anyways. Uh-huh. Or or also what aside from write like TV writing, I wanted to do stand up. It was in the back of your it mind. Was, it was the back always in the back. Were you of my going mind. to shows? I was going to shows all the time. Yeah. I was just being a coward. Yeah, yeah. You know what's <clears throat> you know what's the worst? I dated a woman. I was such a fucking spineless jellyfish. <laughs> I fucking dated a woman and I remember her saying, Stand up is so like I <clears throat> I mentioned wanting to do stand up. Yeah, yeah. And she goes, Oh, that's embarrassing. That's funny. <laughs> and I fucking said, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> I didn't do stand-up. I mean, she's right. Yes. I mean, that was a really surprisingly accurate thing for someone to say all no. the way back then. I know. I think people now have started to catch on that it is kind of embarrassing. Yeah, well, it is. I mean, you're going up there. Like, <clears throat> last night during one of, like, during one of, the sh- one of the shows I had, um, and the, I, I ended up not using the mic just because yeah, there was... There was not a lot of people, but also there was a little bit of static on the mic. And if so, I just put the mic down and everybody could still hear me. Uh-huh. I was projecting. And then I just started kind of in my head. I was kind of laughing because I was like, oh, this is so embarrassing. I feel like I'm doing a TED talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is that draft house. Yeah. Would never happen at Big Hunt. But <laughs> no. but yeah, although the mic breaking probably could happen at Big Hunt. Oh, yeah, yeah, it happens. But uh, it was just a little static But I also felt foolish because it, it was like it wasn't horrible. But, you know, it was they could hear me and it wasn't too many people. So I was just well, like, the problem is that uh, well, the problem with stand up, I think, is that if you if you stop and think too hard about it, if you think too hard it's about stupid. yes, it's stupid. Yeah, and and then when uh, you get cynical when there's not a the, when there's a small crowd and yeah. then there's no microphone, you really have time to feel how stupid it is. Oh, dude, you but become if, so self-aware. But if you have a big crowd, yeah, and then you're talking into a mic, your voice is projected, yeah, you know, yeah. and you're getting big laughs. You you or you're just in it. Yeah, and you don't yeah. think about it. You don't think about it at all. But like, if you that's the thing, I always tell people who do stand up. I go. I mean, this is. I'm a baby comic. I don't consider myself any sort of like veteran comic. I've only been doing it for like six to seven years. Uh-huh. But I, I would always say, the one thing I learned quickly was don't dissect stand up too much. Yeah, I agree with that. Because if you if you dissect anything, it all becomes pointless, mm-hmm. and you get really cynical about it. Mm-hmm. And then you just go, what's the fucking point? This is stupid. It's embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. If you think too hard about it, yeah. it really is. Because, yeah, you have to just push forward, really. Yeah, you almost just have to push forward, and you almost have to just be like, oh, tonight sucked. Anytime I remember that a night sucked, I always think of a night that was good to be like, okay, well, they're not, they, yeah. they don't all suck, you know? Anytime I, I would have a night that sucked on stage, yeah. I just try to get on stage as quick as possible after it. Yeah. Just because I know just by just by chance it'll probably it'll be better yeah you just almost have to wash it off it's not going to be worse yeah if, I, if no. it felt bad it'll probably no. be better and yeah uh, you just got to wash that stink off yeah it's kind of yeah it's the worst when i have a great set i retire <laughs> yes, yeah. i'm like i'm good i have the good feeling yeah. i'm just gonna hold on to the good feeling you hold on to it yeah for hold on days. to it forever yeah, yeah hold on to it yeah i uh it's so funny i always tell people yeah just don't dissect it too much because you become yeah. it's easy to get so cynical about it once you dissect it because it seems pointless yeah yeah it's too well it's uh, i mean if you're thinking about your career it's it's like overwhelming to think about yes. how long it's going to take and how many steps you got to go yeah. through you can only focus on like what's right in front of you yeah it's always like i always think of people like when people say uh i remember when i used to ha- like when i first started going to like open mics in la i would hear comics say 
who like started around the same time I did, they would go, oh, this is what I would name my special or this is what I would name my album. And uh-huh. I used to think, oh, don't you're thinking too far ahead. You should only just think until, oh, I suck right now. I want to get good. Th- I want to get good at three minutes. Yeah. You think really? Do you still feel that way? Yeah. So my thing is I've always uh, I'm, I get overwhelmed if I think about yeah. the long haul shit. Me too. Like almost in anything. Uh-huh. Like, yes, yeah, I felt like if I wasn't doing stand up, I would get overwhelmed in any other career I was doing. Mm-hmm. So like I get really overwhelmed. So I just give myself like when I first started, my goal wasn't to I wasn't like in my mind, I'm going to become a headliner or I'm going to get into festivals. My goal was I need, I need to do this so I can get good at three minutes. Oh, yeah. And then for sure. After I felt like I had three minutes, I said, OK, my goal is to get good at five minutes or if not even good, just have enough material that I'm proud of at five. And then after that, I was like, my goal is to get booked on local shows that give 10 minutes. Did you feel like when you started, you were able to progress quickly from those good three minutes, good five minutes? I, I feel like the only way the only way I was able to do that was because I went to a shitload of open mics. Yeah. I was going to like, man, I was when I first started, I was going to like maybe three to four open mics a night. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, I was going. I was tr- not all the time, but. And was on, this like mostly comics in the crowd? Yeah, because, man, like just being here in D.C. is amazing because. Like the one thing I really liked watching comics at the Big Hunt mm-hmm. is that comics in DC know how to talk to people. Yeah, like all of you guys see, like everybody that I saw wasn't scared to talk to people, and as opposed to sometimes, and not all comics in LA, but like I feel like a lot of comics in LA who, not like your Bill Burr's and Joe Rogan's, they're not LA comics. They're just comics who live in LA. You know, yeah. they're like big fucking stars that live there. i mean people from the local scene yeah 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 because we don't get real audiences that much there's few and far between open mics that we get audiences that we end up kind of performing for ourselves right and we sound a little writerly yeah or if we don't sound writerly we people start doing inside baseball stuff yeah definitely and and i think that's even worse because when you perform in front of real people they don't know. They don't know the context of your character or yeah, what your yeah. friends think. Yeah, is funny. I, when uh, young comics from LA come through DC, they they bomb at Big Hunt. Yeah, comics from LA have a really hard time because th- it's so much performance, and it's really detached from the audience. Yeah, and a lot and most of the time at big hunt you do that they'll just the crowd will just stare at you well yeah it was kind of crazy I, w- I had fun last night when i went up to B- when i was at big hunt because after the two shows here at, at the dc draft house i felt really kind of comfortable uh-huh. from just like kind of talking to people and like not sounding like not being a robot yeah that by the time when i was at big hunt i i knew what i was gonna do but mm-hmm. i just got up and started kind of very loosely going into my jokes yeah and kind of even talking to someone who sure. mentioned they were from la yeah but they really weren't they were like from three hours away from los uh-huh. angeles so we kind of joked about that and in doing that i felt like they were like oh this person's a real person that's exactly what they want yeah this, this is a real person that's a, exactly what they want so when i went into my material they said, oh, this material makes sense because we kind of got a glimpse of who this yeah. this comic is or whatever, you know? Yeah, this room, Draft House is not as much like that. Yeah. You, it's not as necessary here. Yeah. But it, but there are still times when it's helpful here. And, oh, but absolutely. it's really helpful at Big Hunt. Oh, big, because it's so up close and they're personal. Right in, they're so close it's to you. It's such a low ceiling. They're so close to you. 
from the two times I've already been up there, if it seems like if you just find a spot on the wall to stare at and perform, they're going to look at you like, what are you doing? Yeah, You're exactly. being weird. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. So that was really cool to watch the DC comics and be like, damn, these fools, they know how to talk to people. It's like, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. not scared. They Like I, the first night I was here on Thursday night, I saw this comic, really funny guy. He just went up and he was just like, what's wrong with you guys? Yeah. Like, which one of the comedians touched you? You're being so <laughs> tight. And they started laughing. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it was like... Yeah, because it's a tricky room and people don't laugh that easily there. Yeah. It's no. like you have to work and you and they'll stop laughing quickly. Yeah. Uh, if you don't keep the momentum going. And so... Yeah, that's what... They, they want you to feel... they. It, they almost wanted it to feel per like you're a real person and they also want momentum. Yeah, That's you can never like. stop trying. Yeah, you can never like, stop trying. Like as soon as you stop trying, they can tell that you're not trying anymore and yeah. then they stop giving you back. Yeah. And I think that has something to do with the sense of proximity. Yeah, definitely. Like how close they are. Totally. But that's one of the benefits of how close they are because once they give it up for you they're gonna give it up for you yeah it's pretty crazy yeah like yeah it was it was really cool to just watch so many dc comics go up there and talk to them yeah and then find a way to segue into material it, was, it blew me away it yeah was really definitely dope. i know i just thought to myself i'm like damn these motherfuckers are spoiled out here like, <laughs> all these real people i was talking to um where's the name really funny comic jenny cava cavalero cavalero and she was telling me that at her at her show or her mic, she gets like sixty people there to go watch. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah there's uh, that's insane. There's lots of young people in DC. Yeah, and they're smart and they go out a lot. So yeah, there's uh, there's tons of good shows. I mean, what, there didn't used to be so many good shows. There used to be like three good shows. Yeah, and now there's like there's a good show every night at least if That's not amazing. multiple good shows yeah what's well, such a big scene right yeah it's like a big scene with a few clubs what you're doing and then with the dc draft house like yeah and i'm sure there's other places yeah they, you know? yeah uh -huh. and yeah it's, it is pretty crazy also you know what this washington dc for me kind of reminds me of san francisco mm -hmm. in the in the sense that like people go out to see stand-up mm -hmm. and everybody's really savvy here yeah that's like right. everybody's really sad like i was just kind of amazed like even doing shows out here i was like people are quick on references mm -hmm. they're like they're smart they're very smart yeah they're really smart people out here it's, yeah, yeah it was crazy it was crazy too because yesterday's second show at the dc draft house like was pretty diverse like there was a good amount of people but it was not only diverse in like ethnicity but also in like background in ages yeah and some of them were like were like look like young 21 year olds mm -hmm. and so and they even seemed to be sad yeah there more. were uh, there were like uh 18 year olds here last night there was yeah, like a, yeah, a handful of them. uh a handful of 18 year olds which yeah there's not even allowed in at Big Hunt. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They seemed like clever. They were smart kids. Yeah. Yeah. I was like kind of blown away how dope that was. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. So after you're doing mics for a while, did you, you start getting on, you start getting on showcases and did you start, yeah. take a while to get in clubs? I started getting on showcases like um, after doing mics for a while, um, I started showcasing for Comedy Central. Uh -huh. For like uh, their cluster fest, but before it was called cluster fest, it was called um, comics to watch. Yeah, comics to watch. I started yeah. showcasing for that, and then uh, at the same time, I like got a showcase for. I started showcasing for like JFL because in LA, what I tried to do. How was how many years in were you when that started happening? Oh, three. 
three years. Yeah, okay, three so years. pretty. That's pretty early. Yeah, pretty early. A little on the early side. And then yeah, I I think so too. Which was great because I didn't get it until four years in. Yeah. Four years not in in comedy, but four years of showcasing. Uh huh. So which was good because now that I think about it, I'm like, oh, it would have been a fucking nightmare if I would have got it at at three years in as a stand-up because i didn't have the time yeah yes that happens to people sometimes they get the opportunity too early no i was so happy that i fucking that i showcased for four years and then i got like cluster fest and stuff like that but i was doing that but i think what was helpful to me was that i never got too married to a scene in la like i i mean i frequented a lot of the alternative places like the alt scene but i also went out to like the clubs Mm-hmm. or the latino or, or or like black scenes like wherever those wherever there was open mics all around la or outside of la mm-hmm. i would make sure to kind of go because i just go well i don't i don't want to make just like all crowds like, yeah right yeah know? i think it can really uh make you a much stronger comic if when you you learn how to perform in a bunch of different types of environments yeah because it makes you strong in different yeah, ways it makes you strong in different ways or even just say or even it's like kind of made me feel like it made me realize like, oh, some jokes aren't for this type of crowd. Right. And it either teaches me, it would teach me how to write it for a more mainstream crowd mm-hmm. to like kind of like uh, edit the joke and rewrite it for a more mainstream yeah. crowd. Or sometimes to just be like, look, it, maybe it's not for them, but I'm going to keep doing it because I like it. Right. And that's OK. If, if they don't like this joke, I think I have something else for them. Sure. That they'll like, you know. Yeah. And I yeah. think like even if you like do like doing a, like club spots can make you strong in a certain way and i think that that can help you in alternative rooms too oh yeah because you can learn a lot of stage presence and you can really stand out from the other alternative comics if you have those extra skills and then you or it it was cool too because when i first started i started like in la when i first started i I started going to like latino and black rooms and those rooms i kind of learned a lot from those like my first six six to seven months Mm -hmm. were going to those rooms yeah and those rooms were great because they taught me how to um not to be not to be too precious yeah like they taught me how to write jokes i remember one time somebody threw a bottle at me a beer bottle yeah threw a beer bottle at me and said you're wasting our time because i was just talking (laughs) that's pretty extreme yeah this was like i was like two months in (laughs) just for just for taking up their time yeah not even for being offensive one time i did a show like i was doing an open mic in this kind of dodgy part of la in east la and there was these tatted up like Mexican dudes, like cholos. They were sitting in the back. And I think I was like maybe two months into comedy. And this, I think I was taking long on a joke. Yeah. And this guy got up and he was like, hey, homie, I'm not here to hear your fucking life story. Tell me a joke before I beat <laughs> oh your ass. God. And like that kind of taught me like, oh, you know, don't be too precious. Like, yeah. Get to it. Yeah, I bet that would make joke. you a good comic <laughs> if you had to keep that in the back of your mind. You're gonna about to have a bottle thrown at your yeah, head. Yeah. That that's like uh maybe I'll start doing that with new oh, comics to train the new comics, throw bottles at their heads. One time so they I was get, have a sense of urgency on stage. One time I was doing an open mic uh, at this black room in South Central Los Angeles. It's called May- Maverick Flats. Uh-huh. It's like in this area called Crunch the Crunchaw District. And uh this dude he uh it, it was a tap out open mic. And it was kind of like on it, it was almost on some like Apollo type shit. Yeah. So if you went and you went on stage at any point, once the crowd didn't think you were funny, they would start tapping the table. Yeah. And yeah. That was your cue to get out. So I'd been going for like three months and I was getting up to like four minutes. So mm-hmm. I was feeling really good about myself. And I went one Tuesday and I was like maybe three months into stand up. And I was doing okay, you know. I was also being kind of colloquial because I know because I grew up sure. there, so I knew what would make them. Yeah, laugh. but that's okay. Yeah, and I remember 
I was going pretty cocky, and I said, damn, I'm already doing four minutes here. I bet you I can get, uh, like, five, maybe. Uh-huh. I remember on this random Tuesday, I this is what I get for being cocky. I was I went up there, and this, this young dude, like, young black dude from the back goes, look at this La Bamba-ass motherfucker. <laughs> and then the whole crowd erupted in laughter. Yeah. And they all started, like, yelling La Bamba. And I remember just, I just kept saying, telling them, all right, all right, yeah, that was funny, but let, let, yeah. let me say something. And they wouldn't. No, you they, couldn't get him. And then the, I remember the host came up and he was like, my man, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> it's over, and then dude. He, he goes, come next week. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I mean, I think, I think anytime you get cocky in stand-up comedy, you'll get taken down. I oh, mean, yeah. you just can't have. You really just can't go on be on a roll for more than a couple of weeks before no, something no. is going to happen to yeah, pierce yeah. your ego. I know. But that I, that's like an extreme version yeah. where it's like normally it's like in your head you realize like that you're not that great. Yeah. Instead of actually having a room full of people or a yeah. person tell you, "Hey yeah. man, this was bad." Yeah. And you got to start over again. Oh man, I I know. I was just yeah. I only let myself feel good for maybe a night or two, yeah. and then after that, I'm just like back to it. <laughs> like, so, what kind of uh, what were the kind of alternative rooms that you were doing? Uh, some of the alternative rooms I was doing in LA were like um, they're kind of on this part of town where it's like it's these areas called like Silver Lake, Echo Park, and stuff yeah. like that. It was kind of rooms that that part of town was really popularized by like Patton Oswalt and Maria Bamford and okay. those types, you know. Like those kind of comics, I think, kind of started a scene out there. Mm-hmm. So when I started going there, the comics that were big when I started going there yeah. were like Jake Weissman, uh, Matt Ingebrigtsen from that show Corporate, yeah. uh, Dave Ross. Dave Ross, you're right. Dave Ross was a big guy. Um, yeah, people like that. Um, you know, uh, Barbara Gray. Uh, Hampton? Th- Hampton, Yao. I think Aparna was there by that yeah. time. So when I started going out there, it was like those comics. And then there was, like, people at the comedy store that were doing, like, potluck on Monday. Like, people like Jesus Trejo, who's a really funny yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, and then there was... There was so you just kind of go back and forth between yeah, the two. Yeah, I was kind of going back and forth, yeah, between bar shows. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was I was going to, like, there's a club out there called the West High Comedy Theater. Mm-hmm. I was going out there because it's a very mainstream audience. It's yeah. right by the beach. Uh-huh. So that was cool. I was going there a lot, going to those alternative shows, going... To, Still going to like Latino and like black shows and open mics and then also going to like really kind of just like bar shows. Right. Yeah. Like rowdy bar shows, too. That was really helpful. And then this year you got on Clusterfest. Yeah. The Up Next show. Yeah. I got it. And you got you did it with Tim Miller, who's a DC comic. You guys are on the same show. Yeah. We were on the same show. We we did it together. It was dope. It w- what it kind of good. what kind of venue was it theater yeah it was a ballroom it was at this at the bill graham civic auditorium okay and they have a big huge auditorium right in the middle uh-huh. and that fits like eight thousand people that's where like john mulaney yeah like he was doing his shows there right it was insane to walk i went to one of his shows and it was packed eight, at capacity eight thousand people watching it. i've never seen stand up i think the biggest i think three thousand is the biggest venue i've been this blew me away watching like, stand-up. this is insane yeah i could I, insane i'd like to see it i'd like to see so stand-up. on on either side of that big auditorium on both sides of that auditorium was it was two ballrooms okay and we we were in one of those ballrooms and it man i heard there was like three to five hundred people at our showcase was it flat was it flat, flat seating yeah, it was straight flat. back straight back so it's kind of tough not yeah. not perfectly ideal uh it, it was you know what's crazy too was yeah, there was people on the sides, and then two like, two stand, and then 
people in the back standing. But it was kind of crazy because it was a really big stage and we were we were above their heads. We were Oh, that's annoying too. That was annoying too. That was I don't like was, that feel. It was a huge ceiling too. It was a huge It was one of those places we're, where uh, at least for me, I remember thinking I think I'm doing okay. I'm not sure cuz yeah. I can't hear the laughs come back like I did a show uh, at the Kennedy Center. In oh, a, what's that like? Well, they they have a million different rooms inside yeah. there, but one of them was in a. It's really, I guess it's a, it's like a hallway, but it's yeah. like huge ceilings, and yeah. then they put a giant stage in there, and then it's just long. But your feet are like where the audience's head, top of their head is. That's how this was. That's and how so it was you're starting off yeah. like yeah, you're like floating above them almost. Yeah. it's kind of and it's. It's a little bit, you're a little bit too far away, I think. Yeah, it feels uh, a little weird. I mean, yeah. it was it was an amazing festival. It was a cool yeah. thing to be a part of. But that, I was like, wow, this is kind of crazy. We're like over their heads a little bit. So did you get to talk to Comedy Central after that? Uh, Yeah, I talked to them a little bit. I, th- Like, I talked to the people, the LA people who would like showcase me. Yeah. Those are the people I knew. Yeah, yeah. And because I had been showcased for like, uh, this was my, I got it on my fourth year. So they knew me. Yeah, they're really trying to get you in there. Yeah, they're really trying to they're get really me in there. So like I remember guy. just going up to them and being like, oh, I'm so glad I finally made it. <laughs> I think sometimes yeah. that happens. I mean, you, that was good. I felt good. There's about lots it. of comics yeah. I see where, you know, the if you look at the half hours or yeah. up next, you know, you'll see some comics on there that have been around for a long time. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, sometimes you just got to hang in there and eventually uh, they'll get, you know, you just got to wait for wait well, for it to come around. You know, it's funny. I was talking to one of the guys from Comedy Central. He's one of the people that would showcase me. Mm-hmm. And I said, man, I go, it's really cool. I'm, I'm really happy to have gotten it on my fourth year. Mm-hmm. I felt like I like I felt I'm better now than I would have been. And then he said, he goes, you know, I'm a firm believer in that. He goes, no comics, no comic would say I was better last year. Right. Yeah. You, yeah. It, goes, that's a bad th- sign if you do say that. Yeah. yeah. They go. Yeah, they go. Anybody who's like kind of working hard wouldn't say I was better last year. Yeah. They would go. So it's like. Yeah. I mean, I know plenty of comics that were better last year. Yeah. But that's bad. That's yeah. not what you want. You yeah. definitely want to be. You definitely want to be better each yeah, year. Each year. Yeah. So, so that, what is it? What are you? Uh, do you have things in mind that you're trying to work toward now? Yeah. Just trying to. Uh, I'm, you know. One, I want to write for TV, so that's the thing that's like kind of never escaped me or whatever. Yeah. So I've just been like kind of writing, submitting for stuff. Have you been doing that all along? No. Once once I started stand up, I became so focused on yeah. like getting getting decent and better at stand up that like writing like writing scripts and shit like that kind of fell took a went went a few rows back. You sure, know? sure. And then I was just like, so I just focused on stand up, and now. I'm just now I'm kind of returning back to it, uh-huh. which is good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, it's probably nice to take a break from it to kind of like uh, clear your head and yeah, yeah. clear my head and then when you come also back. just from like from the last few years of just constantly writing jokes. Uh huh. I feel like it's given me the sense of like sitting down to write. It's not a real oh chore. It's not much, ex- yeah, yeah. It's not excruciating. You're used to it. Yeah, yeah it's not a short. It's, it's probably chore. easier for you to write funny stuff too because yeah, you have all so. that experience of sitting down and writing stuff and then testing it in front of a an audience yeah over and over again you over get to test your again. ideas yeah. if you were writing for tv this whole time yeah um or just trying to uh get writing jobs on tv you don't really get a lot of feedback it's yeah. hard to know how good your jokes are yeah but stand-up gives you the yeah that's the thing that's so nice about stand-up it's like uh immediately you know if the joke sucks <laughs> or doesn't yeah. you know 
Yeah. What kind of what's your what kind of style of stuff do you like to write? Uh, in terms of like, uh, do you like, like a you like stuff? a sitcom? You like a yeah. late night? Uh, no, you know what I. I like like late night stuff, but like ideally, I I like sitcoms. You like I'm kind a, of a corny dude that way. Do you like a like a family sitcom or no. like a like a dark like a corporate, I, like every anything from corporate uh-huh. to like to um, what's that show with Ted Danson, The Good? Oh yeah, yeah, uh, The Good Place. The Good Place. Yeah, those are both cool shows. Those are both real dope shows, or even anything like. I was a big Parks and Rec fan. Yeah, Parks and Rec, pretty basic. You know, yeah, shit yeah, like straight, that. straightforward jokes. It's yeah. pretty straightforward. Uh-huh. I'm a little bit of a basic person. That yeah, way. yeah. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> I, I also like shit like that, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, late night seems cool, but I just, I like narrative. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. mean, they're totally different things. Yeah, I like narrative Late, a lot. late night's just about writing jokes, really. Yeah, it's or about weird writing sketches. sketches and segments yeah, and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, that's different than a TV yeah, show. Yeah, it's different than that. So, like, so... I I've just always liked narrative. So are you writing? Um, are you like writing packets to try to get writing jobs on existing shows? Or are you trying to write a pilot? Uh, I wrote a pilot, and then uh, I wrote a pilot in the the last year. I wrote a pilot, and then I have that now, and then I'm gonna try to use that as a sample. Yeah. To try to get staffed on uh-huh. a TV show, and then other than that, and then I've turned in late night. Like I turned in a packet for like Conan, uh-huh. turned like stuff like that, mm-hmm. like whatever I can get my hands on. Yeah, like yeah. If it's yeah, I would do it because even though I like that stuff, I I love joke writing too. So like if I could, you know, Conan's kind of influenced the generation of comics. You sure. Know? So in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I love Conan's absurd silliness. You know. Yeah, and that show's really boiled down to. Oh yeah, just I mean a they boiled it down now. even more now. Yeah, no, I like, know it's like yeah, it's like kind of a monologue and maybe a gag, and then yeah. it's just an interview. And an interview, yeah, that's the crazy. whole show. Yeah, yeah, I know he's great. I love that dude. Yeah, yeah. everybody loves Conan, man. Yeah, if you got a writing job, yeah, do you think like if you were able to get a writing job or, um, really get into like even if you made a show, would you? Do you think you would always keep doing stand up? Yeah, I think so, too, because you know what it is? I just think if I think if I think if you're a person who gets stuff mm-hmm. because of stand up, then why would you stop doing stand up? Because stand ups would afforded you those opportunities. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's well, sometimes like, people get their foot in the door and they're like, all yeah. right, it's time to relax now. I don't get that because in my mind, stand ups what got you there. Yeah. Like there is a lot of people who get like writing jobs and they don't do stand up anymore. And I go, I mean, I get that you don't want to do weekends and do yeah. the road, but I'm like, it why would why would you stop doing it? I think that uh well only speaking for myself as a person who stopped doing stand up yeah. a year ago. How uh, do you feel? Do you feel free? I never <laughs> think about it really. Yeah. I mean, I uh no, I mean no, I don't feel free. I feel like uh, in the back of my mind I should start doing it again. Yeah. Uh, so no, I don't feel free from okay. it. It's always I'm always questioning it, but uh I think but when I when I try to figure out what to do with my time, I'm like I'm not sure that like doing stand up is the, what I'm best at doing. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I if you look at my skills and like my personality and how they fit into stand up. I don't really know that like me being on stage, like trying to entertain huge groups of people is, uh, is my best skill. I think yeah. I'm probably better at doing other things yeah. and uh, it might be 
best for me to to focus yeah. on that over performing because i'm not i don't really consider myself a natural performer gotcha. i can't i can do it but yeah, i really yeah, gotta push myself to do it yeah. it's not like some people are just on they can just be on all the time yeah well you know i c i feel like i came i came from somebody who liked to write jokes so mm-hmm. i had to kind of learn to perform well yeah, the thing same. is that's how i did i had to learn well the thing is i feel like i i'm naturally funny around my friends mm-hmm. so it's not like i wasn't didn't know how to be like kind of naturally funny yeah but it was learning how to be funny in front of strangers like i'm like okay what is it that i know what makes my friends laugh how do i not get, stop being so insecure and do that for people yeah you know yeah because you know when you're when you're trying to make your friends laugh you know you're you're kind of in there's not a lot of pressure on you because you're in a group of people and you're able to somebody's talking then you wait yeah. and then you talk but when you're when you're doing stand-up you walk out on stage and you're the whole show and yeah. everyone's looking at you and then you got to put on a show and you have to get them used to the kind of personality you yeah. are and be like Yo, this is ha- this is the kind of person I am. I hope you find this funny. Because I'm like a sarcastic person. Yeah. So I'm a person that's like would be more like sit back and then I'll make a comment. Yeah. In the course of a conversation, more so than somebody that's gonna like bust in and be the middle of the conversation and like I'm I'm the center of attention during all conversations like that's not really like what my personality is like so I always felt like when I was doing stand-up I was kind of fighting against my natural personality I see what you're saying Um, yeah yeah you know what's so funny I feel like sometimes like when I first started I never did any act outs or anything yeah because I thought doing act outs I had to like be really kind of outside of myself and like do this character and i'm not a in life i'm not a real act out type of guy anyways but then i just remember i i just like i remember watching like dave attell Uh and i'm like oh when dave attell does act outs he's just doing he's just doing a character but it's still his voice it's he's still being yeah yeah and then i went oh cool i feel good i don't have to be I don't have to be like Sebastian Menescalco, yeah. You know who's amazing. Sure, like amazing, but yeah, you don't. don't Yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. You not everybody has to be so big on stage. Yeah, yeah, not everybody. Or do voices or fall down. Yeah, yeah. And I do think, like, I mean, even my own way of thinking, I think, is not totally. You know, a lot of it is just uh, maybe like uh, self doubt um, because I think if someone else said that to me, I would, I would just be like, I, I think it's true. In something to consider, but on the other hand, there's a lot of there's a lot of famous comedians. You would look at their performance and say, like, "Well, this isn't like really a true perf- like a in the in the sense that you might think of a, a performer." Yes. You know, like some- somebody who's doing big wild act outs, who's running across. Like you look at somebody like Nate Bargatze is very calm. Yeah, Bargatze is a perfect example. Yeah, yeah he's just kind of up there talking, you he's know. Up but he's talking. one of the best comics. Yeah, when I saw that, it really like blew me away. Or even somebody like. Uh, like somebody like Hannibal, when yeah, I saw Hannibal, Hannibal for yep, the first yep, time, yep. I was like, "Wow, he's kind of a chill dude." He does. He lets his personality. I mean, he has amazing. He he does. He writes amazing jokes, but his personality does a lot of the talking. Yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah, he's interesting because he's got a like a really strong presence. Yeah, his presence is like very intense. Um, but he's like very reserved yeah, in terms yeah, of like his energy. Yeah, but like. And, and like the way that he talks but he really is kind of imposing on on stage and that yeah the, he does the get a lot of respect from yeah, the crowd because absolutely. of that i know he's amazing man yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's and a lot of that is just i think you would say 
that's just like being a great comic. Yeah. You I know, so like too. those people um, that that have that stage presence can be quiet and they can yeah. go slow and yeah. everyone is locked in because and I don't even know how you get that other yeah. than being on stage. I think you just got to be on stage over and over, over. and over yeah, again. Yeah. Because that's when you realize like, oh, presence doesn't having a strong presence doesn't have to mean being loud. Absolutely. Yeah. Or being sure. like being like jumping around or whatever. Right, right. That doesn't mean that it doesn't have to be that. That's right. You know, it could be it could be calm and collective uh-huh. and for somehow you know how to draw people into your energy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Have you I, have you picked up those skills? I feel like, uh, yeah, I get to feature for my, I, I've tried to feature for my friend. My friend takes me out to feature for him a lot. And um, just like going around like to different states. Are like these in uh, clubs? Yeah, these are in clubs uh-huh. like improvs and like uh-huh. like kind of like A clubs Funny around bones. the country. Funny bones mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, he takes me out to feature for him. And I feel like just it's taught me even more because now I have to talk to people who, you know, who not only are different, but their personalities sometimes are different. Like, you know, there's a Southern persona. There's an East Coast persona. Sure. There's a kind of California, more laid back persona. There's like, you know what I mean? So it's like, so it's like you just pick up on like how to make these people laugh and you understand the dynamics of what people like and don't like. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Like, like East Coast people, they like jokes. They like kind of like in your face, you know, a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. A little bit of that. As opposed to like sometimes in LA, I feel like they like big act outs. They like kind of yeah. that kind of stuff, you know. Or like you know, like you'll go to Florida, and I'm like, oh, okay, I kind of get a sense of what. Like I've been to three different cities in Florida, so I'm like, okay, I think I get a sense of what they're. Yeah, into. what's the South like? The South, I haven't. I only the South. I mean, even Florida. I would say. Well, Florida was interesting because I went to like, I I went to like Orlando. I went to Miami and then I went to West Palm Beach and they were all kind of interesting. They were, I, I thought it was all going to be sort of the same mm-hmm. and it kind of tripped me out like, oh, all these pockets are all, they all had their own different personalities. You yeah, know? yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Florida's big. Yeah, yeah, Florida's big. Like, you know, Orlando, they were real cool. They like jokes, you know, mm-hmm. in Miami, they wanted it. Some, they're too it seemed, cool. They were too cool for jokes. Yeah, they're t- almost too cool for jokes, and they want—they almost want you to have a swagger on stage. Of course. Yeah, that's what that felt like. Yeah. And then at West Palm Beach, because they're older people, they wanted jokes. Yeah, yeah. They want—they wanted jokes, and they wanted you to be likable. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah, older yeah, people. Yeah, 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 yeah. But in Orlando, it was a mix of like young people. Uh-huh. So they just like, oh, just be funny. Oh, it makes perfect sense. Just it all make, makes perfect right? sense. Right? Doesn't it make sense? Absolutely. All those three cities, because West Palm Beach is a retirement community. Yeah. So uh, they want—they old people. At least from what it seems like to me is older people don't want to see like an unlikable. No. They want to like you. Yeah, absolutely. They don't want it to be overly edgy. No. That's not what they're looking for. They don't want to get shocked. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. So then, but in Miami, like I said, I mean, they have so, they have such a fucking nightlife that if they're, if you're doing stand up there. They almost go, motherfucker, have some swagger because we could be at a club. Yeah, right it now. almost it seems like maybe like the worst place for comedy. Yeah, I mean, when I was there, I thought it was I thought it was fun, but I just thought, wow, this is, they really want you to come up there with some swagger. Every once in a while, like a a couple will show up at Big Hunt yeah. with like like a slick dude with like an unbuttoned shirt and like a girl in a super tight dress, 
and you're just like, oh man, you guys are at the wrong place. No, this is yeah. not, you're not yeah. going to get what you want in this place. Yeah. You're, you're not getting a bottle service. Down you're not here. getting bottle service. You're going to, you're getting a plastic cup and a folding chair, man. Yeah. 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 yeah it's funny. So it's, it's like, so it's funny in certain cities when you can tell like each city has its persona and you kind of yeah. realize like what cities want. And yeah, like definitely. That. Yeah. It was a trip. Are you going to, were you ever think about doing, uh, you do like, um, social media stuff at all yeah i uh, i mean i'm on um i try to be active on twitter i like i love twitter like yeah, i love writing jokes writer. on twitter twitter yeah i love writing like i write a joke a day like one to two jokes a day on twitter cool like you know it's like i don't have a crazy twitter following but i have like three thousand followers it's a little and, like, something yeah it's a little something and like i've like it just feels validating to tweet a joke and then see it get like a hundred likes or yeah. whatever. And like, or I remember one time Pat and Oswald retreated me and I yeah, was like, yo, this feeling. is real validating. Like, yeah, so definitely. I, I love Twitter. I mean, I, I know Twitter's not as hot as it used to be. Like, yeah, well, I mean, know. people are down on the fighting on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. I think it's as popular as ever though. You're probably right. Yeah, I think, yeah. I, I think as you know, a lot of people are on it and using it, but it does, it, it's getting a bad vibe, man. Oh it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's getting, getting a, a real, real, real like negative, uh, the real negative feeling. Oh yeah. All the social media. So like I'm on Facebook. I, well, the thing is with social media, I'm never real personal on there. Yeah. Cause I just feel foolish being personal. Yeah, like I just definitely. like I agree. I, I, I just think like writing, writing jokes. Writing jokes on Twitter is the is the best way to use yeah. Twitter. I think. Yeah, for me, all I like to do is write jokes on Twitter and Facebook. I feel like me and my friend had a joke that once a year you're excused to be real. On oh yeah, media. yeah. Just yeah. once a year. I think that's yeah. a good rule. Just once a year. That's and a good rule. And then I go. I mean. The most personal I get on social media is I might share an article that I think is interesting. Yeah, yeah. And other than that, I'm just like, I just want to write jokes on there. Yeah. I don't feel like being personal on there. I'm like, I like Instagram. I like, you know, I like posting shows. I Instagram's weird because I'm not like, I'm not a li guy who likes taking pictures exactly, to begin yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, sometimes like if I have a show, I'll share it on Instagram. Yeah. Or like if I take, it has to be a cool picture of something. That's the idea. Because yeah. then I just feel silly posting a picture of myself somewhere, you know, like a selfie. I would do. I feel so self-conscious about I, that. Me shit. too. I've never, uh, I've yeah. never done it. You know what makes me, you know, the thing that I do feel good about now that makes me more active on Instagram, I'll share, I'll, I'll, I'll screen cap a tweet. Yeah. And I'll put it on Instagram. Yeah. A lot of people do that now. So I do that. So which makes me feel good because I, because I'm not a big picture guy. Yeah. The fact that I could still share some stuff for those people who follow me on Instagram. Yeah, I think if you do it every once in a while, it's good. Oh yeah, yeah, I do it like maybe once a week or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, so which is cool because if you if you don't follow me on Twitter and you only follow exactly. me on Instagram, you could at least still see me being funny. Yeah, even people that I follow on Twitter, sometimes if I'm on Instagram, they'll post a tweet that I didn't see. Yeah, yeah. Because I just didn't. Oh, yeah. I wasn't looking at it that day. Yeah. Um. So I missed it. So yeah, it's I have good. fun. I. You know, What's also, your Twitter handle? Uh, at Chris Estrada 85. 85. Yeah. Okay. And I have fun with it because to me, it's like, it, it's just nice to remind people that you're funny. Yeah. You know, it's like a nice way to like stay in people's minds. Sure, or sure. Like if somebody, I remember somebody one time. It's free entertainment yeah, for them. So, somebody booked me on a show one time and they said, oh, I saw your tweet. So I, I tweeted something. They go, this is really funny. Do you want to do my show tomorrow? Yeah. And cool. I mean, 
and it and I don't feel douchey about it because it's not like networking. You're just being funny. No, yeah, you're, you're just, just putting jokes. yourself out there. Yeah, I've booked people from stuff there. I've seen on Twitter. Yeah. It's like made me go. Then it's made me go to their website and yeah. then look at their videos and then I end up booking them because they're funny on Twitter and that yeah. was the thing that got my yeah. interest in the first time. Place. Yeah, so like shit like that, I I love doing that. Like I just love. Uh, to me, that's great because it just like I said, it's nice to stay in people's heads yeah like people you know it's like what's the point of doing this if you're not gonna remind people that you're a funny person yeah you know yeah, or that definitely. like yo you might like what i do yeah. or whatever so yeah i do that and then i'm this it, it's so funny the same jokes i put on twitter i just copy and paste and put on facebook and that's it yeah like, yeah, yeah yeah well man yeah. i think we did a good job yeah here. i think so too good luck with man. the uh writing cool Thanks, keep it up with the stand-up you got it and uh, we'll catch you next time. Man. Thanks, man. For more information about our live shows, check out undergroundcomedydc.com.